Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Welcome to Beer Nuts, a weekly excursion into the world of craft beer. Brought to you by MichiganBeerGuide.com. And now, here are the Beer Nuts. Oh, it is Beer Nuts number 131. Today, it's March Meadness. All right? We don't have 64 meads, good God. Take a while, but we're still going to have a good time. Uh, my name is Chris. My last untapped check-in was... Uh, Without you guys was a, a Bell's Cherry Reserve Stout for our St. Patrick's Day episode that didn't happen. It's all right. Still drink it anyway. All right, guys. Well, I'm here from Arizona, from Sierra Vista. They are here. Now, the artist formerly known as Michigan Beer Guy. There's no Arizona Beer Guy on Untapped and others. Uh, my last Untapped chicken is a Fall of Troy. Uh, orange Vanilla Milkshake IPA from Belching Beaver Brewing Company. Take care over to Steve now in California. Well, hello everybody. Uh, it's been a long time, two weeks since uh, we got together. So, uh, But my last Untap checked in was a uh, Pliny the Elder, Russian River Brewing Company. Um, picked that up, saw it in, in this market and uh, couldn't resist and had to try it out and had to have a good taste of them. It's been a while, so was nice and good. Uncle Pete here in Rockwood, Michigan. Last untapped was uh, Seamus on You, Pavlov's Brewing Company in Temperance, Michigan. It's uh, Irish Red Ale. Um, had that last week, and this was a brand new brewery in our area in Southeast Michigan that just opened last Wednesday. Yeah, and this is Dugout in Michigan, and my last untapped check-in was oh. from Surly Brewing, and that's called DAF, D-A-F, a Brute IPA. It spells, it stands for Drunk Ass, fill in the blank. Hey, this is Greg in Dearborn, Michigan, and my last untapped check-in was from Transient Artisan Ales, one of their newer double IPAs called Permastank. Pretty darn good. Believe that's everybody. Everybody check in. Chris. Yep. Yes. All right. So uh hey, my bad. You, you sound good now, JR. Okay. Well good. then I'm gonna well go ahead, uh, Pete, do the quote. Pass it over to me. <laughs> All right. So the quote we found this week is uh from Robert Green Ingersoll. It says what light is to the eyes, what air is to the lungs, what love is to the heart, beer is to the soul of a man. I like that. I'll drink Amen. to that. Amen. It's deep. Yeah, very, very deep, very profound. All right, everyone. Well, as we always do, we'd like to invite everyone to uh, pour yourself a glass, either mead or beer, if you don't have any mead. And uh, kick back and let's just talk about some, some great meads today. And always remember, we're just trying to expose more good people to more good libations. We usually say beer, but uh, mead seems to be a category that beer lovers embrace more than wine drinkers. Not sure why that is. But uh, let's uh, get right into things because I have a really good mead here that I've been excited, uh, waiting for a good reason to try this. So I'm going to kick it off with our first mead of the evening. This is from... Four Fires Meadery in Toledo, Ohio, and Maumee, Ohio, to be uh, precise. And this is a really special offering from them. 
called Cloak and Dagger. It's a black currant and blueberry mead aged in toppling Goliath assassin barrels. So for some of you uh, more seasoned craft beer folks, you will recognize the assassin as a, a very revered and treasured uh, imperial stout from toppling Goliath out in Decorah, Ohio. So let's get right into this mead. Really excited to try this. And I must confess that uh, having a whole bottle to drink myself, I've already started on it. But I've uh, poured it in the glass here. It's a nice, deep purple. Um, you can see some light through it, but it's pretty dark. So it's definitely deep purple, just like the rock root. Um, as expected, it's a little bit sweet on the nose from the honey. But I'm getting lots of fruit goodness on the nose. And it makes me really want to sip. So let's just take a taste. So as you might expect, um, it's actually a very delightful, slightly sweet, not too sweet, not cloying, but the unbelievable great amount of fruit in this, it start off, starts off with that nice, rich, fruity, um, berry taste from the black currant, and then uh, I think blueberry kind of shines towards the end, it gets maybe a little bit, just very ever so slightly tart as you would expect with any kind of berries. And it's, uh, I, I don't get a whole lot of influence from the assassin barrels, but uh, let's just take another case and see how I'll look for it this time. It's just uh, really, really smooth. Um, unbelievable flavorful. Uh, you know, I, the benchmark that I always gauge uh, a mead against it would be either the Melovino, Midnight Jack, or the you know Shrams Black Agnes, and this is, this is every bit as good as either of those. Um, really hard to describe, other than uh, if anyone ever gets a chance to try this, it's really special. Um, wish I could uh, you know uh, explain maybe where the barrel influence is. I'm sure it's there. But uh, just really, really mellow and smooth. Perhaps that's what the uh, Assassin Imperial Stout Barrel did to this. It just smoothed it out. But again, just a really delightful, unbelievably nice, uh, solid fruit flavor. And the black currant and a little bit of blueberry on the finish. And uh, just really, really smooth and mellow, easy drinking. And I believe it's 14% ABV. Um, uh, just a little bit about um, Four Fires. Is they're a relatively new meadery. That I think about a year ago, I purchased a membership. And fortunately for me, uh, I've gotten several meads from them uh, through my membership. And they were kind enough to not have my membership expire after the first year because they felt bad that their tap room was not open yet. So the deal with all their initial uh, members is their one-year membership will start in effect on the day that their tap room opens and i believe they're about a month away from that so once their tap room opens then my one-year membership will start to kick in but uh certainly uh if, if you're in uh ohio or you see this uh i think dugout gets to travel ohio for his job you might be seeing this in some of the local accounts i know that they've also done some session needs which we'll get into a little bit later 
Um, and you might see those on tap and growler stations and in better bars and restaurants through Toledo area. So I don't know, Doug, have you seen anything from four fires in your travels to Ohio? Yeah, I, I think I, I do remember seeing them. I wasn't in a buying mode at the time, but I remember seeing some of it and uh, I've seen some pretty glowing reviews online as well. So uh, they're, apparently they're doing some really good things. And um, uh, what's the one I had? The marzipan. That was from those guys. That was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, there was another recent one that I really enjoyed. It was called Man Ghost. Um it was, uh, I think, a berry with uh, some habanero in it, which always appeals to me. Um, another one they had was crab, Cran Banero, which is cranberry habanero. That one was really good. Pretty much everything I've had from these guys has uh, been lights out. And uh, I got two more bottles coming uh, that I just ordered. I got two of each from the next release. So look forward to those arriving out here in Arizona any day now. So, yeah, uh, Four Fires Matery, keep doing what you're doing. And... Uh, uh, look for their tap room to open uh, in the next month or so down in Maumee and maybe next time you're down there dug out you can check out that tap room but alright I think uh, that's that's it for me a lot of other thirsty mead drinkers out there so I think we're going to pass it on down to Steve over in LA how's everybody doing today um, so the mead I chose today is from uh, Bee Nectar uh, I guess they started Brewing, the guy started brewing their meads back in 2006, and their uh, their brewery actually opened up on National Mead Day, which is August 2nd, and they opened up in 2008. Um, the mead I got from them is Necromangocon. Um, it's described as a you know honey water mango juice uh, with some black pepper. Uh, followed with it. Um, while we were getting ready, I, I already poured it out. Uh, very light color, looks like, an, like a cider, almost. Uh, no head whatsoever. Smell on it has that, you know, fermented smell like you, like you get from your ciders. Um, not as uh, tart as you get from a cider, kind of the, the mango kind of, you know, sweetens it up a little bit. Um, you kind of Kind of taste that the alcohol on it afterwards, like a wine, like if you're drinking a wine, after it kind of goes down your your throat. Um, not getting much pepper. Um, they say you kind of taste the pepper at the end of it, but not really getting a lot of the pepper taste on it. Um, it's it's good. I can see putting this on a you know on a cup full of ice and just kind of enjoying it. Like I said, it's not really it's not really tart like a like a cider, but it's 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 still kind of sweet and um, yeah, I would enjoy that. That's really good. it's pretty good. How about some of you uh, Michigan guys uh, chiming in a little bit about Bee Nectar? I've been there, great place. Um, wanted to mention that a lot of these uh, Bee Nectar offerings are the. Uh, session meads that are carbonated and not as high in alcohol, so easy drinkers. <laughs> yeah, this one is six uh, percent by alcohol, so hey, you gotta be able to get up and leave the meadery. Yeah, you, can, you know, get your kids on it, and they'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's honey, kids. There, there, there are meads. Um, 
their meats sort of run a gamut. They have the um, low alcohol sort of drinking them, um, very refreshing. Uh, very early on in the show, we had reviewed uh, Zombie Killer, which is their cherry uh, sizer. So that's a mead and a cider mix. And um, just incredible mead. It's great to have on tap. It's very refreshing, great for the summer. And it's like drinking cherry soda. Uh, but they do some really hardcore meads as well. Um, they've done some bourbon barrel age ones. It, it, you know, every year they put out some very limited release stuff and then they bring and then they have like their sort of general public meads um you know more traditional type meads and then they have these uh, uh sort of almost summer drinkers if you will but great um uh, if you're just getting into meads um you know bee nectars are some of the most accessible meads that you can get and you know you're probably paying eight eight dollars for a bottle um, roughly, and uh, it's a, I believe, a 16.9 500-milliliter bottle. So uh, it's great stuff, and they, they throw good parties. I know that. I've been to quite a few. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, their uh, prickly pear kill all the golfers. That one sounded really good. So I was kind of torn between which two, and I like the picture on this one better. <laughs> I, I do believe they have another version of that one that was aged in uh, gin barrels from Valentine Distillery here in the area. So I know there's another, just a little hint of that uh, different difference towards that one. I've never tried. I don't think I've had either one, but I um, definitely would be uh, up for trying this. That sounds, definitely sounds fantastic. Yeah, no, there were. Like I said, I, I, I. This is, to be honest, this is the first meat I've ever had. I mean, I've had ciders, and obviously this, this tastes more like, and I know there's different gamuts where they go with it. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, this is, this is, like I said, on a, it has its place, and it, it, it's, it's good to sip on, and, and like I said, I, I, I'd enjoy it. Cool. I'd, be, I'd be upset if it was horrible, and I got to drink this whole beer, and I was just like... <laughs> It's never good when you're right, like, well, oh, I have to finish this. A uh, little bit about mead. Mead is made very similar to wine, only instead of grapes, you use honey as your fermentable ingredient. Pretty much that simple, um, although there are a lot more complexities to expert mead producers that they could uh, probably tell you about. I know there's some uh, nutrients added at different points, so uh, but I won't get into the intricacies because we're just consuming the final end product we're not talking about baked beads although i believe uncle pete has made one so maybe when it says here and he can shine a little bit light on how they're produced but i guess uh let's go back to michigan for the last four beer nuts are all in michigan who wants to take the stage first dug out dug out well sure i'm ready to roll here um interesting that my mead comes from arizona where jr is and um, I'm drinking something from Superstition Meadery, and it is called Chocolate Marion. And it's blackberry, blueberry, raspberry, and cocoa. Oh. Um, this is... Uh, and the meads, you say. This. Yes. People are into this. This is uh, batch number three, and it's bottle 1527 out of 1650. Um, so last week I was in Chicago... And I stopped at this place called the Open Bottle, and it's actually not in Chicago. It's a suburb uh, called Tinley Park, and Hailstorm Brewery is just down the street from there. 
It's um, very similar to what we have here in, in Detroit called Eight Degrees Play-Doh, where it's a bottle shop and um, you know beer a beer shop, and then there's a tap a tap facility. So seven or eight beers are on tap, so you can just have a, have a pint and stroll around and do your beer shopping. A lot of great uh, limited release stuff. A lot of sort of oddball stuff. I know that they've. Um, they're not averse to getting in their car and driving two or three hundred miles to pick up some beer just so that they're the only ones um, sort of in the area that have it. So I, I looked at their mead selections. This one sort of stood out. There were three meads from this meadery. This was the $25 batch. Um, this is a 500 milliliter bottle. And prices went up from there. There was a $90 bottle. And I might, thought, you know what? I'm sure that's incredible. But my budget wasn't doing a $90 bottle of 500 milliliter mead uh, that day so it could still be there I'm sure it's wonderful uh, speaking of wonderful this one is pretty wonderful it pours a uh, uh, just a very dark bright purple um, uh, yeah just super deep purple and then the nose of it, you get some sort of a, yeah, just some fruit, a little bit of stemminess, but I think more than anything, you get the raspberry in the nose. And, and, but you do get a mix of the fruit. It's not just single note. The first taste is, um, man, you get that fruit up front. And off the back comes the chocolate. And although it's got a sweeter a sweeter flavor to it, the chocolate is the bitter component. So it's got a really great balance to it between those two things. Okay. Uh, I believe this is 13, between 13 and 14%. It's got some pretty high tannins in it. And um, so it doesn't allow you to... Even though it's sweet and it's tasty, it doesn't allow you to drink really large sips. you got to kind of hold back. There's a little bit of puckering going on there from the tannins. But, man, this stuff's phenomenal. I don't mind paying 25 bucks for something like this when it's as enjoyable as this, as this bottle is. It's, it's simply amazing. And I don't know if I, I do remember having something from this meadery before and I don't, but I don't think it was this one. I don't think it had the chocolate in it, but sort of reminds me of some chocolate covered fruit and blueberries and raspberries and it, um, wow, really incredible dessert mead. That's for sure. It's got some thickness to it. Um, you know, real sort of heavy on the mouthfeel. Yeah, I don't know. Any of you guys had this before or something from these guys? I've had their Marion Berry one, but not the one with the chocolate in. And that was very enjoyable. And uh, I was at a uh, store here called Caps and Courts in Tucson a couple of weeks ago. They had a, uh, a sampling, and I tasted several of their offerings. I remember they had uh, traditional mead. Traditional meads are made with just honey. Most of the ones we're tasting tonight with fruit, those are melomels, which means they're made, produced with fruit added, added fruit. And then there's methaglins, which are made with uh, spices. Um, I'm sure there's other sizers, I believe, are made with some cider. 
with apples. Um, what's the one that's made with grapes? I can't remember the term for that one. There's another term for meads made with grapes. It's escaping uh, me. Umphicomel. A piment. Piment. That's it. Thank you. All right, but the yeah uh, superstition uh, is uh, out here in Arizona. Obviously, the home state. They have pretty good distribution, at least in Tucson and in the Phoenix area, and they have quite a good following. And uh, ironically, just read today that Oath Distributing in Detroit is bringing superstition to Michigan. So you guys can look forward to having access to some of their meads. In the very near future, those of you back in Michigan. So figures I come to Arizona and I'm like telling everybody, oh, I'll be able to get you some position now. And now they're going to have distribution. But that's all. That's good for all of us. So I'm fine with that. Save me on some shipping. <laughs> yeah, most of our maids there, they're one of the leaders in the category along with Strams in uh, Ferndale. And, uh, of course, the Nectar we've already mentioned. Bellavino in New Jersey, one of the big award winners and you know, the mead category is growing quickly, so more and more meaderies are popping up. So it's an up-and-coming category. Personally, I'm a big fan of the Melomels, the, the fruity ones, but uh, try them all because uh, I've had some really good orange blossom traditional meads, too. ChristopherMedia.net. ChristopherMedia.net. All right, well, uh, who's next? I th- Greg? I think I am, yeah. Take it away. All right, so much like Steve, I am also having a bee nectar uh, mead. Um, mine is not 6%, but it's 14%, but that's fine. Mine is a cherry chipotle mead aged in New Holland Brewing Dragon's Milk Barrels. Ooh. And it's also included uh, cacao nibs. So, like I said, 14% came in a uh, 375 milliliter blue bottle. And... Uh, First uh, first appearance here, it looks like straight cherry juice. I mean, it's, it's red as dark. It's got a dark ruby red to it, maybe a little brownish to it. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, has little legs to it. Smell of it is, uh, gosh, boozy cherries. Uh, nice little barrel to it. Some uh, some of that cacao nib, like a little chocolatey to it. So this is a nice chocolate cherry, uh, sweet. It, it smells sweet too. So let's get a nice sip of this. Ah, uh, pure cherry juice has that nice heat from that chipotle. Get nice barrel characteristic to it. The cacao stands out really well in it. I mean, it just coats the mouth really, really well. Um, you know, like Doug said, for his, it's a this is a very nice, um, sweet dessert beer. I certainly wouldn't mind having this all the time. I mean, this is just killer. Um, it, it, it's not, you know, I'll admit, it's not my first time I've had this one. It's one of my favorites from Bee Nectar. Um, I, I, I certainly look out for it every time it's get released, and I think the new batch will be released. So this is probably a, a year or so old, but new batch will be released here in April uh, around here. But uh, uh, I mean, this is this is absolutely killer. I mean, 
you know, guys around here, John, maybe you before you've left, you've had this as well, but um, absolutely a great mead from Bee Nectar. I've had that one, but I did have the regular cherry chipotle, and I will say that I've bought multiples of that because I liked it so much that I bought more. So I would really be interested to try this special one aged in the barrel, especially uh, Dragon's Milk Barrel. Dragon's Milk, yeah. Bourbon Barrel, yeah. Killer. All right, well, sounds tasty. Yeah, no? Well, Uncle Peter, I've got one from Ohio as well, from uh, Crafted Artisan Meadery uh, out of uh, near Akron, Ohio. And um, I think they came on the scene around 2014 and uh, have really kind of made a an impression. They're starting to pop up on shelves around here in southeast Michigan. I look online and I can see there's a number of, uh, over the years, a number of Mazer Cup international mead competition medals bronze gold and silver medals on various meads that they've they've made and uh, i think that they're if you look through their website crafted artisan meadery you'll find that they're kind of um, pushing the envelope on things they're not really going for your standard meads Uh, they're really trying to think out of the box and try a whole bunch of different things so uh, I've got one here that's called Bananas Foster Forever, and this is a uh, a low alcohol mead, a six percenter, uh, made with uh, bananas, of course, and uh, with coffee and spices added. I know it's got vanilla bean in there, um, but this is one of the meads that is kind of on the lower alcohol end, and lower alcohol meads are usually called a hydromel. Um, the high alcohol meads, like uh, Greg was just talking about, are usually called a sack mead. Uh, just to throw out some terms, I mean, not everybody knows all these names, and, and I'm still learning as I go. So, Well, thanks for the lesson, Pete. That's cool. Yeah. Um, this mead I'm drinking is also a sparkling mead because it is uh, carbonated uh due to the addition of a small amount of honey or sugar just before bottling so it does secondary ferment in the bottle and and when i opened it it did pop and when i pour it it does pour like a champagne with a very quick uh release of carbonation uh that you know it doesn't sustain a head at all but it just is a very quick uh dissipating uh, carbonation and the aroma that comes off and this is a light yellow uh, mead, so it's not one of the berry or fruity ones that has uh, berry colors, but just a nice uh, honey color. And uh, the aroma is definitely of bananas and coffee. And it's kind of an odd, an odd couple, I think, but they're very distinct, and I can pick them both out, as well of, as well as a sweetness on the nose from the honey. So uh, I'm. I'm not the kind of guy that goes out and orders Bananas Foster for desserts, so this is kind of a rarity for me. Um, but let's give it a taste. Oh, this is very light. Kind of a... Not real syrupy, but the coffee comes right through. And as the uh, as it floats along your palate, uh, there's a sweetness... And the bananas start to come through. It's very smooth. I think uh, the addition of vanilla bean 
uh, really helps smooth out uh, the flavors together. It's not overly sweet. Um, it's interesting. I think uh, this is a great low alcohol uh, wine that has a nice sweetness to it that could be good with dessert, you know, just based on the name, Bananas Foster. So if you had a dinner or party at your house or you wanted to go to a dinner party, this may be a good selection to take along or break out for your friends. Um, kind of interesting. I know these guys at Crafted Artisan Meadery also have um, one called Planet of the Grapes, which was a Concord grapes with peanuts added, so you get a peanut butter and jelly kind of a flavor. Uh, Pollen Nation, which was a, a hopped blackberry mead, which I had last week, by the way. I, I bought one of those and, and already drank it. And I, I got to tell you, a hopped blackberry mead, it was probably one of the smoothest meads I've had to date. It just it just came together. and uh, my, my taste buds are confused by mentioning that. Like, what, what would that even, would that taste you good? Think, yeah, you would have thought it would have been bitter, but not at all. The, the hops were very floral and really, it was, it's like putting salt on your food. I think it enhanced the flavor of the blackberries and the hops did not overpower whatsoever. So it was a really smooth, um, sweet berry melomel, you know, that was fantastic. And it was a still mead. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a sparkling like I'm having here tonight. But anyway, I, I love mead. I'm getting more into it as time goes on. Um, JR mentioned I did make one recently. I put 18 pounds of mead into a five-gallon bucket and got it uh, topped up with water up to about seven gallons. Uh, threw in some yeast and uh, let it go. I did the uh, added nutrients to, to keep the fermentation going. Uh, the important thing with I wanted a still mead, which was uncarbonated. So the important thing was you wanted it to ferment for quite some time and you wanted to keep giving the yeast some nutrient in order to keep it alive and keep it working. And it came out beautifully. It was a blackberry raspberry mead. I added a puree of blackberries and raspberries into it and let it sit. I think it sat for about two or three months uh, just quietly in the basement. And I bottled it and it was a beautiful rosé wine color and it came out nice and still um i I used a technique called back sweetening because it did come out rather dry without a lot of sweetness so before bottling i did add uh honey uh to give it a little more sweetness uh, back to it and uh is that a wine technique it can be yeah you can do that with wine as well um the thing is, is, in order to keep it from being a sparkling mead, you have to throw in uh, potassium sorbate, which essentially stops the fermentation. So there's a chemical you got to add that's not bad for you or anything like that, but it's it's a common practice in making still meads. So uh, yeah, this is yeah, a lot I of. Yeah, um, I wouldn't put it on my breakfast cereal. Um like sugar or anything but um yeah it's also a technique used in ciders too to take a dry cider and make it sweet or add some fruit juice into a cider and change the um change the flavor yeah yeah um 
So it's it's used quite often in um, making sweeter meads, sweeter ciders. I did one time uh, a few years back. I remember I bought a mulled mead, which is a mead that you would heat before you drink it, kind of like mulled wine, and it has a little packet of spices that is tied around the neck of the bottle, and you add that to the to the mead when you heat it. Uh, that was kind of interesting. And uh, Jr., I wanted to mention at last month's Downriver Brewers Guild meeting, I took those six bottles of mead that you bequeathed to me before you moved. And uh, quick, just a long story short, these were six of 12 bottles of mead that uh, the Homebrew Club had made back in 2014. And they made 12 batches of mead, and they used 12 different yeast, one yeast, different yeast in each batch. And their purpose was it was an experiment to determine how does yeast affect the flavor. So they used identical honey and identical process in every batch, but the only difference was the yeast. And so I came across six of these from JR, and I took them to the club meeting, and we drank them. And I had everybody uh, take out a paper and pencil, and we did a quick uh, jot down of, of everybody's thoughts. So it was interesting. All six of them did have different flavors and aromas. You know, they all looked identical from a color standpoint. But... Um, yeah, yeast is a is a magical thing. It does different things, and uh, you know, typically you might use a champagne yeast or a wine yeast for your mead, but there's nobody nothing that says you can't use, you know, West Coast ale yeast if you want to try something different. So, enough of the technicalities. I'll turn it over to the next uh, to the next uh, mead presenter. That would be me. That would be <laughs> Chris. Oh, I see what you did there. All right, well, I, have, I am also uh, representing Bee Nectar here. I have two offerings, and I'm torn. I have, I have tried both of them. One of them I find delectable. One of them I find, all right. I wouldn't, you know, I, I'm not turning it down. I'm not mad that I have some, but it, it's, it, could, it could just be the things that I'm into as far as flavor profiles, things of that nature. Uh, but I'm going to review both of them because why not? I'm at the end. I got two. We got time to fill. Uh, the first one is called uh, Kill All the Golfers. It is from Bee Nectar. Um, I'm going to read from the bottle here because uh, it kind of you know, sums up what's going on here. It says, it's been a long day. I had to hide out in my burrow for the better part of the day waiting for those damn golfers. But today was my day. I finally did it. I didn't even need a reason. I wonder if they received total consciousness. Oh, I see it. Write it from the, uh, the point of view of the gopher here, if anybody knows what's going on. It's a Cinderella story out of nowhere. A former dancing gopher becomes a killing champion. I had my special drink half and half. Well, I got in touch with that force in the universe that makes things happen. All I had to do was stop thinking, let things happen, and be, period, the ball. Um, what this is, this is a mead uh, made with tea and lemon juice. Uh, instantly, you pour it in a bot or you pour it in a glass. The room smelled like honey and lemon. Uh, you put your nose in it. I, I mean, it is it is very. It's it's not false advertising. It is very honey forward. It, it smells like you are sticking your your nose right in you know right in a right in a jar of honey, taking a sip of it. Nice you know light mouthfeel, and then it it is 
It is as advertised. We're tasting honey. We're tasting the lemon. I mean, they, they, this tastes like an iced tea. And this, too, this is, a, this is another one of those meads that is in the lower uh, ABV range, uh, 6%. And, yeah, this, this could be dangerous on a hot summer day on the bottle. They, they are, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of getting at perhaps drinking it while golfing. Uh, no. I mean, even at 6%, I mean, this, this could be dangerous. Like, I, I have to stop myself from chugging this. Like, this could just be bottoms up. And, and yeah, if you're into iced tea, pick this up. You know, I know, uh, Greg, damn it. Yes, sir. Did you go? I forget. No. We're drinking meat. Damn it. I jumped the gun. You're right. Oh, okay. Well, Greg's got a variant uh, that, we're gonna, that he's going to be doing later. Uh, oh, I am? Yes. <laughs> I think so. Anyway. Maybe you were. Well, I don't know. You said show. you had the. You said you had the prickly pear. I have no. I do. I do have that. I didn't know if we were going to do it, but I guess we could. Oh, well, maybe. Well, maybe. I'm, it's me, guys. Just let me, let me get to my second one here. I thought I was last. You can twist his arm. What was that? I said you can twist his arm. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, I thought I was going last. Hey, so way, I am doing two. But I'll, you I'll know make why it quick on the second. The golfers, right? Yeah, it's it's. He's writing it for. Like, he's the gopher from Caddyshack. Well, no, it's the Arnold Palmer. It's iced tea and lemonade. Mm-hmm. The Arnold yeah, so. Palmer. That's the Plus, golf it's a Caddyshack reference. Plus, it's a Caddyshack reference. But yeah, it's it, it, if you it's like both. iced tea, if you like Arnold Palmer's, if you like mead, grab that. And just a, in an honorable mention, I'll make my second one quick here. The first mead show we did, I had a selection called Apple Pie, also from Bean Nectar. This one's called Apple Pie with Crust. It is just as delicious. Uh, I mean, it, I remember my first review saying this is this is this is like apple juice, and this one it, it's kind of like apple juice, a little something extra at the end. You get a little cinnamon and graham cracker right on the finish of this. Uh, if you're familiar with the regular apple pie, if you see apple pie with crust, pick it up. Also, I believe it is. Um, oh my, I'm to the point where, guys, I need my glasses. Fifteen point three percent. ABV. It, so it's because you've been drinking too much, or you're getting older, or which one is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm starting to squint when I read small print, guys. Here, I've hit here that point go. in life. So, yeah, my apologies. I jumped in line. Two very good meats. Uh, more of a fan of of the apple pie with crust. I, that's something I really have to temper myself on. I could take down this whole bottle if I really wanted to by the end of this podcast, but I'm not. Do it. <laughs> I'm gonna, well, maybe I'll, I'll kick it to Greg and, and mull that decision over and let Greg wrap us up here. Well, then you have to pause because mine's in another fridge, but you can keep talking about that one. So give me a second. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it. You're uh, being the pusher here, Chris. Usually that's my job. Ha. Huh. But I'm still finishing off. I'm almost done this entire 375 milliliter bottle. Um, and as it warm, it's warmed. I did have it chilled overnight, but I took it out about an hour before the, the show, and uh, it's really opened up quite a bit since that first sip I had of this uh, cloak and dagger. Definitely getting a little bit of that barrel influence now that it's warmed up. So uh, as we've discovered with many of our darker beers on the show, when uh, these libations warm up. Uh, and uh, I'm reaping the benefits. This is just an unbelievable fruit explosion. 
Uh, again, no, I think the best thing about it is how smooth and mellow it drinks. Hey, uh, JR, I, I got to talk about Braggot, okay, because a Braggot is, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> a very high alcohol mead, um, and you and I had stopped at Brewery Becker in Brighton, Michigan one time, and didn't you bring home a bottle of that Braggot that they had up there? Remember that? Yeah, they had a lot of good things. What, what That Braggot, wasn't that the one that was really strong? Oh, yeah, it was, what, 18% or something? And yeah, it was so good that I had to buy, and the, the, I think it was like 32 bucks for a 16-ounce. <laughs> was it a 16-ounce or 32-ounce? It was the court, and they're like, you really want this? It's going to be over 30 bucks. And I'm like, yes, it was that good. It was just really, it was that, but what fruit was it? it was a, I'm a trying to remember. Fruit. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It, raspberry. it was a fruit braggot with, um. Actually, you're right. It said fruit braggot, so it was multiple fruits. I just can't remember. Yeah. I looked in fact while Greg. They have their Vardrica, which is a, Scandin- a Scandinavian um, braggot, but um, they had a fruit braggot. I can't remember what fruits it said in there, but it was kind of a mix of, of, of a honey and fruit. Did it have a beer mixed in with it, too? I'm looking it up, but I can tell you, I remember it was life-changing, and it was, I didn't yeah, even but, care how much, and I was just like, yeah, I have to have some. Plus, uh, uh, and I wasn't even driving, so I still had a nice glass of it at the, at the stores. Let's see if I can find one. ChristopherMedia.net. ChristopherMedia.net. All right, so I'm back. I've got my prickly pear, kill all the golfers. And, uh, you know, I'm getting a very, uh, you know, medium tea component from that black tea. Getting a little honey sweetness out of it. God, I wish I kind of had both by side by side to compare, but, I mean, at least by smell, I don't really pick up any prickly pear, per se. But let's see what, it pours a nice golden you know, small little bubbles, not too very, not too much, but. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean more of the same. Um, the tea is not as strong in the, in the flavor as it is um, the smell. Get that really, you know, nice honey flavor to it. Um. I mean, if if you were to give me this blindfolded, I don't think I could say, you know, there's prickly pear in here, but I trust it that there is. Um, I mean, this is just, I mean, this, you know, I would have no problem taking this on the golf course and, and killing this. I mean, not while I'm working, but uh, <laughs> playing 18 wouldn't be too bad, but this is, I mean, this is really good. I, I've always liked kill all the golfers and. And this variant as well is is fantastic. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. So, um, I highly recommend it to Steve. You saw it, maybe, or maybe you saw it, and you, maybe you want to pick it up. But uh, or to anybody that listens to this and sees it in their local store, yeah, pick it up. It's good stuff. Yeah, I had a regular trade partner that used to ask me to send three or four bottles of it at a time. His wife loved it. Uh, Crowd pleaser. 
I wanted to just go back uh, to what Pete said about the brewery Brett Beckett fruit bracket. It was a 20% fruit bracket with raspberries and cherries. It says thick alcoholic with a residual sweetness, and that's just how I remember it. But it was all that. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I know I shared a little bit of it with you, Jr. but I think I had to leave you with the rest. And you you took one for the team and finished it off. No, I, I took that to a poker night. And I figured, you know, with five, six people there, everybody take a little swig and it would, you know, okay. it would be gone. But Smart. after the end of the poker, I mean, that thing lasted for like three weeks after I was. Yeah. I, uh, I did. It. I didn't pour any out. I, I I made sure at all. But I mean, twenty percent doesn't take much. A couple yeah. shots of that, and, uh, so it, it survived. Uh, I think uh, a session with you, Pete. A session with the poker table, and one or two uh, of my own sessions at home. Right. Solo, but so the be- uh, thirty-two ounces of that last. It was well worth that thirty-two dollars or thirty-five dollars, whatever I paid. I just remembered uh, the price didn't matter. It was that good. So the, yeah, it was really bets, good. The bets got a little looser, the poker game, when you brought that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there may have been some poor decisions made that fight. <laughs> hey, I was going to mention, um, you know, we've been to a lot of beer festivals, and uh, sometimes you see some meads at the beer fest. But I've been reading online about some of the mead fests that are out there and would like to go to one one of these days where it's, you know, more or less all mead and and ciders and stuff like that at the at these festivals. I know there's one in Ohio. I just saw the Ohio Mead Festival coming up April 6th. <laughs> well, Pete, doesn't Bee Nectar have their own thing in, in like, May or something like that? Uh, JR probably knows. I, I've never been, but... Yeah, I think it's May, somewhere around there. One. They have one every August for Mead me Day. Is oh, August. Oh, okay. I think uh, there's one in Arizona I saw in August, too. Oof. Yeah, well, a lot of places have it for Mead Day. That's the first Saturday in August. So There you go. Uh, okay, makes sense. But there might be others that pop up. And actually, the American Mead Makers Association, oh. which I'm actually an individual member, just had their Mead Conference in Colorado, Broomfield, Colorado, near Denver. I know... Uh, the, the night before the uh, conference started, they had a blizzard there, which uh, forced some people to skip and some people to be, I guess the ones that got there in there early had uh, extra you know, drinking time and so forth. But uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of things take place there, a lot of conferences among the mead makers on tech eight and uh, you know, symposiums and expert speakers. And then there is a big, uh, uh, like, ex- uh, exposition floor where, you know, you get to taste from, uh, you know, multiple meaderies. So I haven't been to it. Um, maybe now that I'm out west, it won't be so far next year to go. But having just moved out here, I'm still getting established and settled in. So uh, thankfully I didn't go because I, I probably would have got a uh, problem with all the travel with the, the blizzard that hit Denver. But. Um, I'm looking forward to possibly attending that next year, so that's another option. But hey. definitely meet day for Saturday, August. The Nectar will have something. Shrams always has something. And we we probably should talk about Shrams. It's almost uh, a travesty that we didn't have one Shrams offering on the show, uh, being that they're uh, you know widely recognized as one of, if not the top mead maker operations in the entire country and perhaps the world. 
Ken Schrams wrote the book on made literally, uh, Mead Maker, the complete Mead Maker. I have a signed copy of that book. Thanks to Andy, one of our other uh, beer nuts, who's been on past shows. But yeah, um, Schrams and Ferndale um, needs no introduction to anybody that's heard anything about Mead. World class products. I actually did get a membership to them this year, and their latest offering was uh, a Mead called Chrissy. First ever uh, batch of that, so I'm looking forward to those bottles arriving. Um, they they don't ship, so uh, SAK and, and Andy were kind enough to to pick my bottles up, and they're going to send them out. They have a full box, so really, really uh, highly recommend that anybody gets a chance to try anything at all from Shrams. My personal favorite is Black Agnes. There's another really rare one called Heart of Darkness. Um, it's uh, I think a couple hundred bucks a bottle. It's really up. It's a pricey one. Um, it's too rich for my blood, but uh, a one ounce pour, perhaps at the tasting room, might be in order. Awesome. But yeah, uh, we we would be uh, remiss if we didn't mention Shrams on on eight episodes. So, and uh, of course, talking about March Meadness, Dugout can probably provide more insight into this. But the original March Meadness uh, has to be attributed to Coonan Brewing Company, who always. Up until I think last year, had a March Meadness every week. They had different meads released, and I think the uh, mead maker had some health issues, so they had to ramp back their production. Maybe Doug out can provide some insight there. Maybe um, not. Yeah, sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's just muted. You guys have been gone for a while. I just kind of lost track. Um, but. Um, yeah, they, their mean maker has some health issues, so he's trying to get back up to health, and so not much going on. They did have a braggot at the uh, at the brewery. Um, I believe it's Walorian Braggot is the name of it. It was at the Coonan in, um, uh, I believe, on Grossbeck in Clinton Township. Uh, I've had that before. It's outstanding. So um, just simply amazing. I've still got a couple bottles here and there of some uh, Coonan's mead, but... Hopefully it's just a hiatus thing, and and Frank can get up and going and doing his thing again. Excellent. I actually found the bottle of mead that I bought from Coonan right before I left. I can't remember the name of it, but when I was considering what to drink, I found it. So there's, there, I know it's been limited, but they're still cranking out a few meads over there, and uh, I know I had a few in my cellar that were really nice ones that uh, Manhattan Project. It's uh, the widely coveted uh, bourbon barrel-aged French toast. Another one that Coonan's known for. Uh, another uh, Michigan meadery brewery that we we just had to mention on March Meadness, especially since they coined the name. Pretty much have to give them full credit for the March Meadness uh, theme of tonight's show. Study final comments, everybody. Everybody feeling pretty good? Yeah. Especially those drank a full 375 milliliter of a 14%. <laughs> or maybe you've been drinking two bottles of mead the whole time. I don't know. So uh, it's great to be back. We had a couple week layoff here. Uh, life gets in the way sometimes, but we're back on track and looking forward to our next episode, which will be uh, celebrating the opening of baseball season. And we'll be doing a baseball-themed show. Any beers that you enjoy at a baseball park or you can tie into baseball. So looking forward to that one. And uh, 
Any uh, t- hipster tipster news anybody wants to mention before we go to Mexico? Well, I put something on the Connie's website today about Altus beer is making a comeback brewed in Detroit. Altus. You know, I know. I mean, hey, it's just, for me, it's a history thing, and it's a, it's a heritage thing for Detroit to have that beer come back because Tivoli Brewing... It, back in the early 1900s first brewed altus beer and then over the years it just changed hands changed hands strohs but strohs picked it up and then so these guys uh connected with some of the brewer, uh, small breweries here in detroit got together and formed a new national brewing company and they got brew detroit now to make altus again and put it in cans i used to stock beer back in the day and we used to make fun of altus because nobody bought it it was always the big dusty pile that nobody yeah. ever bought from yeah i know i know it was cheap i mean you could buy a case shit when i was in college i think you could get a case for you know under 10 bucks <laughs> wow but anyway it just they popped today on the headlines and i was like well that's cool you know what the heck and they were they were like an official sponsor of the detroit tigers baseball i think at one time so I do recall that back in when I, my, I think one of my first games I went to, I recall like seeing in the programs ads for Altus and the yep. Detroit Tigers. Yep. So that's my hipster tipster tidbit. I mean, it's it's just a little tidbit, but hey, it's beer brewed in the D, and I'm happy with that. The more beer we can make in the D, bring it on. Well, just uh, on that same note, I uh, just got a... Uh, Saw a blurb on Facebook today that uh, Abnormal Brewing is coming to Arizona distribution. So, uh, more good news. Anytime the new beer is available. Abby Normal? Just here to Didn't something else just land in Michigan? Try to remember who. Not sure. Uh, Stone, but. Stone 420. <laughs> Double IPA. I, I All right. Saw- I saw today uh, Goose Island dropped uh, at eight degrees Play-Doh a uh, double dry hopped uh, three twelve urban wheat. Oh, I didn't get to pick it up just yet, but uh, it was there. So we'll see. All right, well, well, everything. well, as we get close to uh, summertime, uh, I saw an article where a guy who uh, went on a Beer only diet and lost twenty five pounds. So yeah, uh, those, yeah. those people getting ready for their uh, beach body uh, and want to lose a few pounds. Um, there you go. So he 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 went. I guess the old fashioned monk tradition of just uh, beer only and uh, lost some weight. But I guess he admits that uh, after like the first couple of days and after a couple of beers, he had a he almost lost it. And, because he wanted to eat a bunch of tacos after. <laughs> <laughs> That's after a good a one. Couple. That's a good so. one. Craving for sliders. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's a guy here, at eight degrees Plato, doing that every day, drinking beer, only beer, and they, they showed him today. It looked like he had already drained two sixth barrels so far this season. You know, Lent season. I saw that. Yeah. And he's losing weight. Whatever. Secret of life. Secret of life, man. I mean, if you drink punchki beer, I mean, it's almost like a meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that transient from last time. Whoa. Yeah. 
All right. All right, everybody. Well, great episode. I know I'm feeling pretty melancholy. Yeah, I think so, uh, this is the part yeah. where I mentioned the social media, where we're at Beer Nuts Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. You can email the show Beer Nuts Podcast, ChristopherMedia.net. Check us out every Sunday, or, yeah, Sundays on Spotify, ChristopherMedia.net, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Well, I don't know about uh, Mexico City, but uh, hopefully there's some listeners down there. But as they say, in old Mexico City. Hey, hey, ChristopherMedia.net. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for listening, and thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.